You guys ready to get into it? Yeah. Come on, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4.12. Some scripture you guys probably heard. We're just going to read it off the screen. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is what? It's living and it's powerful. That's true whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not. The word of God is that. And by the way, the word of God changes everything in us. It's, it's, you know, Jesus described it as like the seed. You think of what is contained inside of a seed. It's like everything that that tree needs to be, a little bit of water, a little bit of soil, nutrients, some time, and all of a sudden that little tiny seed, everything that was packed in there turns into this massive tree, produces fruit, produces after its own kind. And I don't know about you, but fruit is kind of what I'm after. I want the fruit of his word in my life. I want, I want his word to be working in me. And, and I know this, that sometimes, sometimes you're getting into a point in life and it's like, man, I know that the word says this and I'm, I should be experiencing this. And that could be a lot of different things. And we're going to talk about a few, a few areas in our life that the word of God applies. I know the word says this. I should be healed. I should be set free. I should be walking in victory. I should, yet in my life and what I'm experiencing, it's not that. So why isn't it working? I know what the word says and it's powerful, right? It's a living word. Why isn't it working? Can I just give you a, a premise that's, that's true? It's not the word that's, that's at fault. The word is never wrong. The word of God is always sure. It works for everybody. Doesn't matter if you're from Africa, from Mexico, from America. If you apply the word to your life, it works. And it works 100% of the time. God is faithful to watch over his word to perform it. Amen. No matter what, we don't question what God has said. Amen. However, you'll find yourself, and I've found myself there many times, where I'm like, okay, there's the word, there's what the scripture says, but I'm living like way below it. And I don't know if you've ever been kind of frustrated with that. Like, what's going on? Why? Why is this happening? And I think why is a good question to ask, right? So let's turn to Mark chapter 7, and I'm going to set this up as we turn there. In the, in the book of Mark chapter 6, the chapter right before this one, Jesus starts doing these miracles where he's feeding the 5,000. People are just dragging sick people to him. They're dragging the paralytic to him. He's healing crowds and the masses and, and people are freaking out in a good way. Like, this, is, this guy, is some, he's something different. What is, what is this guy? He's changing everything that we've ever heard, and all of a sudden he's walking in power we've never seen before. And so he's seeing miracles in his ministry, and he's seeing, and, and all the people around him, they're talking about it, and word's spreading. So the word's getting back to Jerusalem and all these areas. And, and Jerusalem has these Pharisees and these scribes. 
And these, these guys are the religious leaders of their day. They're, in, they're the ones that you don't mess with. They're the untouchables. And, uh, and you don't question them because they're always right. They're, they're the standard of, of the word of God in their day, right? Like they're the keepers of what's right and wrong. And, uh, and in reality, they had drifted away from what God had said and from the, from the commandments. And, uh, and Jesus is out there in the field doing miracles. And these Pharisees and these scribes, they want to come see what Jesus is up to. Like, we're getting word this guy's doing some crazy stuff. Let's go, let's go see who this guy really is. Let's go question him. So picking up in Mark chapter 7, these Pharisees start questioning Jesus and they're watching him and, you know, judging. That's pretty much what religious people do most of the time. The, the very high religious people, they just sit there with their judgmental eye. You're not healing him right. You didn't wash your hands before you healed him. That's what they get to is they, the disciples aren't washing their hands in the proper Jewish way. And so these Pharisees are like, why do you let your disciples not follow the customs of our people and they're just eating with unclean hands. Don't you know that makes them unclean? And Jesus just starts throwing bombs back at him because he is the word of God, right? The word became flesh, that's Jesus. And so he really is the standard of truth. These Pharisees, they don't know anything compared to who Jesus is, amen? amen. So, so Jesus starts laying into them on on the realities of what God actually said versus what you think God said. And it's a big deal because we see this over and over in Scripture where these Pharisees are just way off. And so picking up in verse 10, 710 here, says, from, this is Jesus talking to these Pharisees, for Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever you might have received, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother. So what Jesus is saying here is, you've taken the commandment, honor your mother and father, you've changed it to anything the kid does for the parents is just extra. It's really not required. It's really just kind of, Wow, what a gift from God that is. So you put no expectation on the kids honoring their mother and father. Verse 13, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So they've traded God's word, God's way of doing things, and they've substituted their own way of doing it, right? Like, well, we just got this tradition, and so, yeah. Well, what's the problem with this? The problem with this is God's word contains fruit. God's word contains power. It is living. And when we just throw that out and do our own thing, like these Pharisees are doing, they're making that word have absolutely no effect in their life. You know, the word of God, it being living, it being powerful, it being sharper than any two-edged sword, in us can be completely ineffectual, just have absolutely no effect on our life if we just throw it out and substitute our own thing. And this happens subtly. This happens so often when we don't even realize we're doing it. These Pharisees, I bet you, if you were to ask them, do you believe 
a child should honor their mother and father? I guarantee you they're going to say, well, yeah, of course they should. That's the commandment. Yet in practicality and what they believe, in, which is actually causing the way they act and what they, what's happening in their society, is contrary to God. That contrariness has an effect, right? What, what effect what does it have? Well, there's a promise with that commandment. What's the promise? You guys know? The, that's right. If you honor your mother and father, you have a long and satisfying life. So what's the problem? Well, these kids are not honoring their mother and father, missing out on the promise of a long and satisfying life. All of a sudden, one day, they're going to be realizing, man, the word of God isn't working for me. Why not? Well, they've substituted tradition, substituted man ways of, man's ways of doing things for the Lord's. Amen? You know, sometimes I think we should put ourselves in people's shoes sometimes in the word. These Pharisees, they're prideful, they're arrogant, they don't, you know, we shouldn't adapt ourselves to their position, but these guys probably just never questioned the traditions they received. They just never questioned it. Just went on life of like, well, that's how you do it. That's the way it was shown to me. That's how my head Pharisee showed me to do it. And this is what I was raised with. So I'm just going to keep going with what I know. And here they are drifting further and further and further from the plan of God, from the will of God, so much so that they look at the Savior when he shows up and reject him. I'm sure that there's probably some of us, including me, we have some stuff going on that we just are subtly unaware of that we've traded what God has said for the traditions of man. What does that look like in our day? Well, societal norms. We just do what's normal, normal in our culture rather than doing what is actually said in his word. And we don't even think about it sometimes. We don't even question it. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't understand. My marriage should be working. I should be getting healed. I should be prospering. I, all these things that we say, why isn't it working? And yet we've substituted our way of doing it or the way that was shown to us or what's just normal for, for what the word says. And so when Jesus showed up, he changed a lot of things. He started acting completely contrary to the religious people of his day. Just completely, con why? Because he was walking according to what God said not according to man's tradition. And guess what it produced? Results. It produced what the word produces. You can look at your life and say, mm, I don't know if I'm supposed to be experiencing this. The issue is not, is, is not like, God, just wave your hand over this and change it. The answer is, I need to come into alignment with what God says. I need to come into alignment with his way, and it'll just work because his word does work. So any areas in our life that we recognize, man, this isn't working. Something's off here. I don't know, whether it's addictions, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's dealing with healing, whether, whatever it might be, if there's a bunch of problems that you're having, question yourself. It's okay to question yourself. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it because I'm just doing what I know or is it because I'm doing what he said? And you, when you start adapting, when you start taking and changing these things, you'll see stuff just start to work. It really does work, amen? So I'm gonna go through five quickly, five things, five areas of my life 
that I've recognized I was substituting my tradition, traditions that I received from the world, from outside sources, instead of the word of God. And I'm also including them because I think it's pretty common in our society today that people think the way I used to think. So no throwing stones here because I was once thinking all these ways, right? Number one is salvation. Pretty basic. I think we can all agree how salvation should work, right? Salvation. What's the way the world thinks about salvation? You don't really need salvation because you're just good enough, right? You're fine. You're a good person. You're not a murderer, right? You probably, you probably don't hate God. So you're good. You don't need anything. Do you believe in God? Well, that's, man, you're light years ahead of most people. You believe in God. Of course he's going to accept you, right? And we, and we take these concepts that the world thinks and we apply them and we, we go straight to hell with our own man-made ways. And that's real. And I was there one day until all of a sudden my eyes were opened to what God actually said. And so many people in this world under different religions come up with on their own or either somewhere down the line someone had an idea on how to deal with the sin issue. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and there's no man who comes to the Father except through me. Any other way just doesn't work. Well, no, all religions kind of point to God, and you can get there, and you, well, you just made the word of God of no effect in your life. You just totally took a tradition of man and applied it to, to yourself and other people, and what did that do? Well, the person that you see at work that's lost in a religion that's all about self-righteousness, you just assume they're good now, rather than actually confronting them with the gospel that says, you do need salvation. You do need a savior. So all of a sudden, the word of God's no effect when we just change what he said and do it our own way or the way we, we received. Number two, the goodness of God. I see this happen a lot. I, I, I'll attest and I'll give you a story of, of, of my experience dealing with the goodness of God. So many people, if you were to ask them in church, isn't God good? And everyone will say, yeah, God's good all the time. All the time, God is good, right? And of course, we mentally, yeah, God's good. But then we do things like, well, everything that happens is God's will. And so that means every evil thing we somehow attribute blame to him on. It's like, well, that's not good. Doing evil is not good. You're just confused at that point. It's like if I was watching a child drown in a pool. No, I'm serious. People think this of God this way. Well, God allowed it to happen. Well, if I just see a kid accidentally fall into a pool, if I just allowed him to drown, I have the power to do something. I'm there. I'm capable. And I don't. Am I good? No. I am evil. That's an evil thing to do. When you have the ability, you have the know-how, and you can just help someone and you don't do it, that is not good. If you, if you found anyone that did that, we would lock them up in prison. We would. Yet God gets ascribed these things all the time because of tradition. 
There's no scripture that says everything that happens is God's will. In fact, the scripture says in John 10, 10, Jesus said this, the thief comes not only to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So devil's doing all the killing, stealing, and destroying, and Christians are all blaming God for it. Oh God, you're allowing this. Or did he give you authority to deal with the devil who's trying to do those things and you're allowing it? Okay, not you, us. We're allowing it. Let me soften the blow a little bit. We're allowing this to happen, not God. He's not the one to blame for evil. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from him. Not every thing that you see comes from him. Amen. You know, I, uh, the story that I was, I was wanting to share with you about God's goodness, uh, after, right after we got married, well, a few years after, uh, we had our, our first, first kid. It was a daughter, by the way, and that was scary, <laughs> for real. Real story right there. Anyway, my wife was having abdominal pains a few months after the birth, and, and they just persisted, and they wouldn't go away, and you know, doctors, they don't know anything. I mean, sorry if you're a doctor, but, but most of the time they just like, yeah, we don't know here. And so we're praying one night and I'm seeing in the word healing and I've experienced healing by this point, And I know that it's God's will for us to be healed. And so we're praying and laying hands and, and all of a sudden we're just not seeing any results. And I'm frustrated. And I'm like, God, your word says, but I'm seeing this. What's going on? Where's the disconnect? By the way, it's okay to ask why to God. It's okay to ask why isn't something worth working. God's not afraid of your why. He, he's, he's there to help you in your why. Just don't go with the false pretense that somehow it's his fault. You know, why, God, did you do this? Well, you're not going to probably hear an answer back because the question and the premise of your question is completely off. He's not doing it. He's not the reason my wife wasn't getting healed. So we're, we're in prayer. We're like, let's seek the Lord. We start talking to God, and all of a sudden, uh, I end up saying in my prayer, Lord, we just want this thing healed and done with. You know, just being real, just being open and honest before God. And we both hear the Lord say at the exact same time, he says, I want, I want her healed more than you do. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, yeah, why did I think I wanted it more than him? I, and all of a sudden, in my heart, I was questioning his goodness. If you would have asked me, do you think God's good? Of course I think God's good. He's amazing. He set me free. He saved me. I was already walking with the Lord at this point. But I was questioning his goodness. I was substituting my way of thinking for his way of thinking, and it was making this word completely ineffectual in my prayers for her. Completely not effective. But then I changed. Lord, you are good. You do want this more than me. So this is easy. Like, if I want this, you want this more, what's stopping us? And then we prayed again. Power of God was so strong. She got healed instantly. She hasn't had an abdominal pain in that area for years since that day. And it just all of a sudden worked. Why? Because I had substituted my way of thinking for his. 
I, didn't, I wasn't recognizing how good he really was. You know, in scripture, we see that over and over. People would come to him and say, Lord, we know you're able to do this. We know you're able to heal, but are you willing? That was just a continual question that Jesus ran into, questioning his goodness. Every time, I'm willing. Every time, yes, I'm that good. Amen? Let's not question his goodness. Number three, marriage. Marriage. Good segue, praying for my wife, right into marriage. Doing things God's way produces God's results. If marriage is not heaven on earth, then marriage is probably being done contrary to the ways of heaven. If we do marriage heaven's way, which is the prescribed word of God towards us, then we are going to experience heaven's results in our marriage. Any married people in the house today? Come on, come on. If it's not for you, then maybe one day it will be, so just listen up. We're praying for you. No. <laughs> Here's, here's some of the ways the world thinks and some of these traditions that get set in. Things like, well, what has my spouse done for me? Rather than thinking, what can I do for my spouse? What, what, they're not meeting my needs. It's like, you're, where did you think marriage was supposed to be about? Them meeting your needs. That's not in the scriptures. That's not God's words towards you. The God's words towards you as, as a spouse is, you're supposed to meet their needs. You're supposed to be there for them. Love, going to the love chapter, love doesn't seek its own. Well, what if we start seeking our own in our marriage? Well, we're going we're gonna to take out the power of the word of God and we're going to substitute our own way of doing it and our own thinking and then the word of God becomes of no effect. And the thing that's supposed to help and be powerful and make things amazing, we just removed by doing it our way instead. Another thing I, that I did in marriage and that I see commonly is, well, I'll, I'll treat my spouse the way they treat me. <laughs> Happens all the time. Well, if you're going to respond that rude, then I'm going to be rude right back to you. It's like, well, what scripture is that? <laughs> <laughs> What kind of word of God is that that you're living by? Or are you substituting it for what Jesus said, which was repay no evil for evil? Bless those who curse you. Well, what if it's your spouse? Then you're supposed to curse them back. That applies to your enemies, not your wife. No, that applies to anyone who's cursing you. Anyone who's doing wrong to you, 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 you do your job despite what they do. But what if you don't do that and you just do it the way that you've seen your parents or the way that you see society or the, or the way everybody does, everybody loves Raymond show. You guys ever see that one? Like they're just constantly fighting and bickering. It's somehow funny. I don't know how they do that. But. And then your marriage is just like, it's the non-funny version of everybody loves Raymond. Where's the laughter? Where's the audience laughing in the background? It doesn't exist. <clears throat> we just take God's way out and we substitute our way or the world's way and all of a sudden the power that's supposed to help is, is, is absent now. Finances, number four. Finances. This, this is one that I dealt with and it's this concept that if it's to be, it's up to me. I know as men, we sometimes take on that burden more so than, than maybe a lot of the, the, the women 
where we're like, we're the head of the house, we're the providers, it's our job to make things successful, and if, and if I don't do it by God, it's not going to get done. And where, where did we get that? It's just in our culture. It's just our society. It's not actually Scripture. It's not actually God's Word that says you're the provider of your, of your, your needs. Who's the provider of our needs? He is. So if we just take that burden and put it on us, guess what? The power of the word as him being our provider, we just totally remove from our life. We just totally separated us from that power. I remember one day I'm, I'm reading the word and I get to a scripture, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. And I had this burden that I carried of like, I'm gonna be prosperous. I'm gonna do well. No matter what happens, I'm gonna do it. Blood, sweat, and tears, I'm gonna make it happen. And all of a sudden, that burden just went, and it's like I got 10 pounds lighter. And it was like, no, Lord, your redemptive work is gonna do this in my life. Not me figuring it out. I don't wanna get to the end of my life, be successful, and be like, praise Doug. Everybody say hallelujah to Doug. I want to say praise God. Look what he's done in my life. Through the blood of Jesus, I am made successful. That's what that scripture is saying. If you don't know that scripture and you're just doing it your own way, the way society does, maybe the way your dad did, then you're just living life contrary to the word, not even realizing it, and suffering by missing out on the power of God towards you. And can I tell you, when I got that revelation, instantly I saw an increase in my income. Work became easy. It was like there was just a grace behind me. It no longer was my job to make, make me successful. It was the Lord's job, which meant I was trusting in him. Didn't mean I quit my job and just go couch bum it up. It's not, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying all of a sudden I'm just trusting him to bring the increase. I'm trusting him to bring favor to me. I'm trusting him to bring, think, bring money my way. And all of a sudden, it happened. It worked. The word does work if you'll line up your thoughts and your ways of doing it. Amen? Number five. Church. Church. Again, I had this issue. This is something that, you know, let's put a mirror out there and I'll preach to myself. If church is... If I, when I wake up on Sunday, if I feel like going, then I'll go. Which I know I'm a little bit preaching to the choir here, because here y'all are, right? So, praise you. <laughs> <laughs> but this mindset of, that has just been ingrained into the culture, our society. Church is just, yeah, you could take it or leave it. It's something that you can do. You know, maybe when you're feeling really good, you go, or maybe when life's really not going well, you go. And people, I see this happen. People come in because their life's a wreck. I'm like, I need help. And like God starts being faithful to them and they start doing the word and, and all of a sudden their life gets going better. And then, and then it's like, life gets so good. Like now I can go on vacations and I don't need to go to churches often. And it's really not that big of a priority in me because life's good. And then what happens? 
All of a sudden, they start swinging back the other way. Life's all of a sudden not going so well. Why? Well, because you're treating church the way society treats it, not the way God says it. What's, what's, what's the word say? What's the word say about church? Do you, do you have a perspective of how the word says it? Or is it just, hmm, I'll just do what I want because it's, it's my life. Like, well, I thought Jesus was Lord. <laughs> I thought Jesus was the one who gets to say what happens. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, the day approaching is closer now than it has ever been. Even when this was written 2,000 years ago, we're so much closer. So this scripture applies more today than it ever has before, that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And there's a pressure on our society to squash churches, to keep people from assembling. Do we just give in to society? Do we just give in to pressure? Or do we say, no, I'm going to let the word be true and every man a liar. I'm going to let God do what he's going to do in me because I'm going to follow his ways. And the ways of this world and the ways of of thinking that everything's just kind of take it or leave it is just going to, I'm just going to leave that old way behind me. Watch, you'll start seeing the fruit of the word of God in your life become more active by doing things his way. Amen? Come on. So these subtle ways, these subtle different beliefs that just creep in through society or they just get passed down from generation to generation, if we never question them, like the Pharisees, they just never question anything. If we never question, I, I talked to someone who recently who was from a different church, um, background of, a, of another church, and they um, they. In their church, it was, if women wore makeup, it was totally, you're in sin. God's, God despises that because you're trying to alter the way God made you. And it's like, well, that just totally takes out the word of God in your life and substituted man's way of doing it. And it's like, where do you stop with that? Like, you never clip your fingernails because that's going to change the way, like, you don't, you don't like comb your hair? Like, where do, you, where do you go? And that's what religion does. It tries to just take out what God said, put in a new way that's going to be completely ineffective, and then now it's like, now you're, now you're doing nothing for God. Because that person that God's telling you to go minister to has got a face full of makeup, and you're just thinking about judging them instead of actually helping them and sharing the gospel. And so it just makes the word of God of no effect. So let's start questioning. Hosea 4, 6 says... My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What we don't know does destroy us. What we don't walk in will destroy us. The thief really does come to kill, steal, and destroy. One of his methods is to keep the truth out, keep you away from doing it his way, keep you completely deceived in in your own, yep, I think I'm doing good, and really... We're just doing a bunch of things that were passed down. We just don't question what we do. We never ask, why am I doing what I do? Let's self-analyze. Can we just take some time this week and just analyze what we do? Why do I do what I do? Why? I'm talking everything, right? The amount of time we spend 
<clears throat> on our phones, the clothes that we wear, the food that we eat, the way we talk to one another, if you just ask why, I'm not saying change at all, just ask why, why do I do it that way? And inside ask it, ask the Lord in prayer, Lord, why am I doing it this way? He's gonna reveal things to you that are gonna help you. And once you realize why you're doing things wrong and, and why, you're, why you're off, it's the easiest thing in the world to just make the adjustment and just say, okay, I'm gonna do it your way, Lord. And watch, you'll start seeing results. You'll start seeing the word of God come active and alive in your life. You'll start seeing the things that Jesus said you would do, like the same works he did and greater works will you do. You'll start seeing those come to pass because you just start adapting to his way. And the more you do that, the more life that comes in. And guys, his word really is powerful. It really will change everything. It really, really will produce the fruit in us that we need. Amen? Amen? Come on, God's so faithful. His word's so true. I'll just read this last scripture. John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Any freedom that we're missing out on is usually because we're just completely missing it here. It's just, I don't know, or I don't recognize what I don't know, or I'm just doing things in a way that is really shooting yourself in the foot, and God's like, let me get you truth. When I get you truth, you're going to walk in my freedom. When you walk in my freedom, you'll be able to do what I've called you to do. And as you do what I've called you to do, it's going to affect people around you. And the people around you are going to see what an example of someone who's actually doing what they're called to do in his word. And we're supposed to be little replicas, little replicas of the Lord, little just replicas of Jesus walking around here as his body, Doing, doing the kind of ministry he did, loving on people the way he did. And it starts with this, just making change, asking the question why. Why? Why am, I, why am I thinking that way? Why am I upset right now? Why am I angry about that person cutting me off in traffic? Why? If you start really seeking those answers, like God's faithful to, to help us in those areas. But it starts with a good why. Ask yourself, why? why? Why do I think that? Why does this make me angry? What does the word say about it instead? And watch, you'll see, it'll start to change. Almost effortlessly, things will start to happen. The word of God wasn't made to, to be this giant burden that you try to do. It was designed to be the very power for you to change. It's in the seed is the power to produce the fruit of the word. God watches over his word to perform it. We just have to adapt it to, the, to our life and it'll work. Amen. Amen. Come on. The Lord's so good. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you're revealing to us the why.